Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Great job, Andres. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I don't need that mic. I, my mic is automatically wired into my body. Is this kind of like yeah, kind of cool that way? Yeah. I remember one time I, I had a speaking of things like this. I I had a brace on my knee, I, on my leg, because I had broken my my patella, and uh, and in the healing process, I got to get to this point where I only had to wear a brace, which is yay. Um, and, uh, and, and I was, I was in, a, in a store one time with a brace on, and this, this like, five-year-old kid, he looked at me. His eyes got big, and he said, Mom, Mom, look, he's a robot! <laughs> the mom looked at me, it's like, oh, he's not a robot. So I just, so I, I kind of, like, stiffened up and walked like a robot a little bit more. It was fun, kind of messing with the kid's mind. All right, well, open your Bibles up to two locations, James chapter 1, verse 22, and Romans chapter 12, verse 22. Easy. You got double twos at the end of that. So James 1, 22, Romans 12, 22. Leave that up there for just a second so everyone can find those two locations in your Bibles. Hey, we had Project Day yesterday. I want to uh, give a cute, just a, give a nice little shout-out to a few people who were here uh, I know Josh Austin and Darius Miller and Honey, Hunter Pettijohn and, and Andres Acuna, Ian Woody and Jake Nunn and David Fallert and Jean, uh, Jen Fallert. I, didn't, I know you're not Jean, you're, you're Jen. And Adara Akpen, Rosemary Sukilovic and Adriana Martinez and Jared St. John and Adrian Garza. And he, that's a new way of saying your name, Garza. And he's gone. And uh, Stephen Nelson and John Malanga, DJ Bell. Thank you, guys. Thank you all, men and lady, for coming and helping out. Great day yesterday. Great day yesterday. Well, I'm launching a brand new series starting now. And this series is designed, hear me well, for men and for women. It is called Godly Masculinity. And this is, that's what the series is. Now, this is not, hear me well, men. This is not a series on how to tame a man. It's not about me trying to tame you. I, I, I don't believe that. Actually, I believe tame is lame. What happens to tame animals? Tame animals are fine with being put into a cage or put into a prison or put into a pen, and they just wander around and just kind of aimlessly. That's tame. No, I don't want, I'm not trying to get you to go into a pen or a cage. So that's not what this is about. I actually like being around fiery men who embrace godly masculinity. And that's what we'll be talking about for four weeks. Say, can you say four? Four, 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 four weeks. All right, don't miss any of these guys, ladies as well. Uh, but the title of today's message is called Be Mature. Be Mature. Now, basically, and now just, that's, that's the title. I'll get into that part a little bit later. But I've got a little preliminary stuff to do here for today and really for the series. And so I, I want to kind of lay this out first of all. It's very clear to almost all of us now that the culture has kind of like stripped masculinity of its uh, best qualities. What the culture has done, the culture has overemphasized some of the sins that men commit, that some men, a few men, have committed and, and assigned that to all men and say, 
this is toxic masculinity. In fact, there's a new term. I, I shared this with you last year that has now begun to develop, which is masculinity is toxic. And so they're taking this and they're twisting it all around because of the sins of a few men. And this has caused confusion. Uh, men are confused and women are frustrated. So if we're going to know about what masculinity is, we are going to have to dive into this series. I, I want to talk about this. And I'm going to challenge you, I'm going to challenge you men to step up into something that I've, I've called, this is my verbiage here, godly masculinity. But if you're going to learn what masculine is, you actually kind of have to go back to the very beginning and say, what is a man? What is a man? Well, you have to go back to the beginning of time to figure this out. And we see this in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, the Lord God formed man. The Lord God formed man. Two important words there, God and formed. God, we know who that is, correct? If not, we'll have a special meeting afterwards to help you understand that one. But, but God formed man. That word formed is really impossible. That means fashioned. It means chiseled. It means shaped. It means putting a lot of thought and effort into. That's what God did. He formed man. He didn't just throw man together. So God did this. So if God formed man, then God is the designer of masculinity. So that's, that's an easy one. We've got to start with that, though, before we can go any further. So, in fact, understand this. God himself is masculine. He is. He is. So men, we need to be set free. And I want you to be set free to embrace and to pursue what I'm calling godly masculinity. Because what's happened, it's going to happen in your life. If you begin doing these things, you're going to feel better. You will. Your wife, if you're married, she'll actually be happier. And then here's something you'll like. You will actually be more in charge of your own life. Because every man wants that anyway, right? Right. They do. Ladies, if in case you didn't know that, that's what men want. Uh, they want to be in charge of their lives. This is going to help you to be in charge of your life. Men, I want you to know this also. I am not going to make you a punching bag during this series. That's, that's not what this is about. This teaching is about hope for some incremental change. Incremental change in your own personal life. Uh, and women, <laughs> it is inevitable it's inevitable that you're going to hear some things that you would like for the man in your life to begin to embrace and to walk out. And, and, and you want him to hear these things and absorb these things and do these things. So here's how I need you to help me. Now, every time I, I preach to men, I have to say this. Women, do not give him elbow jabs. Don't do that. In fact, if you're married... If you're married, do not shout amen on a point that you want your husband to hear. Don't do that because he already heard me, okay? He heard what I said. And honestly, just to help you understand, men, ladies, uh, your amen will quite often uh, push him away. And uh, men don't like to be pushed. Now, single ladies, get this. Single ladies, when you hear some of these points, you start shouting amen. So... Everyone, every, every lady who's single, every woman who is single in here, will you just say amen for me? One, two, three, go. Amen. Oh, that was, that was very feminine. All right, let, let's, I, I'm okay with femininity, but uh, let's, come, let's, all right, let's, let's just, I mean, just, just pretend like, I don't know. I don't know how you do I know how I would do it, but 
if you're single lady in this room, single woman in this room, say amen. amen. All right, that's a lot better. That's a lot better. Men, every man in this room should be able to say amen to me at least at some point during the sermon. So men, I'm going to have you say amen at the count of three. One, two, three, go. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. All right, hey, women, those of you who are hoping to get married, I'm going to ask you to take some detailed notes and, uh, and take these notes and put these in a place where you can follow them because I am giving you four weeks of man-vetting tips, okay? These are tools that you will be able to use to vet a man. It's a good thing. That's why I say this sermon series is for women as well. And in fact, I believe this. If you will look for a man who has these four qualities active in their life, you will have a much much greater chance of having a marriage that will be happy, healthy, long-lasting, and secure. The single ladies, now, if you're, if you're just like, if, if you're all about the cute, muscled dude who has the cool hair, you know, and has the fast car, yeah, that, that's nice, that's nice. That was then. But please understand, that's all right, but if he does not have the qualities that I am sharing with you, run away fast. Hear me. Do it. If you're, if you're dating a guy like that, what you need to do today, or maybe after you hear all four series, you know, but, but what you need to do is you need to go to that guy and say, God led me to break up with you. Now that is the classic breakup line. <laughs> it is the classic one. God led me to break up with you. And in this case, it would be true. It would be true because you're, you're, I believe you're hearing from God, okay? So please understand this though. His cuteness will wear off. It will. His muscles will turn to flab, and his hair will disappear, and he might even wreck his very cool car. All right? So let that go. Men, (laughs) I'm going to ask you during this series to take action on your own, the way you like to do it anyway. Men, I'm going to ask you to write some things down. Write stuff down. Jot it down. And listen to these things as you're hearing it. And I'm asking you to to drink it in, to absorb it, so that you can have faith to grow and to change. And remember this. I want you to remember this through this whole series. You can. You can step up into this. And nothing I'm going to share in this four-part series is immensely difficult. It really isn't. With God's help, you can do it, and I believe that you can. Uh, but But here's the key. You absolutely, positively must do something with what I'm sharing during this series of messages. Uh, speak to the young men, the young men who are in my discipleship group. We're, we're uh, meeting tomorrow night. Please know that this will be a discussion, our primary discussion topic for the evening. And I know that one of them is out of town in Temple. So, Nick, I'll just look to you on the camera. Be ready. Thomas, you've been down at the border, and you actually came up here just to get the sermon series started for me. So, Thomas, welcome back. Can you guys welcome Thomas? Yeah, good to have you back. Yeah, Thomas is in my group, and he's, he's down on the border. He's, he's, uh, he's in charge of a lot of stuff down there, but, but uh, his efforts is helping to keep the drug traffickers and the human traffickers from il- infiltrating our state and our nation. And uh, Thomas, you don't get bragged on very often, but because you're down I know how, you know, military guys, I'm not going to brag on you, but I want to brag on you, and this church wants to brag on you. We are blessed. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. All right, so take some notes. Look, uh, look at this first passage, James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1, 22. It says this. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Do not merely listen 
to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. A rephrase of that is don't just listen to a sermon and say, that sure was nice. No, you actually put things into action. And one of the easiest ways to do this is by jotting some things down. The message version uh, summarizes this like just act on what you hear. So today to start off, to kind of get this series going, I'm going to say something extremely controversial. I hope I don't get bumped off of social media because I make this statement, but I'm going to make it anyway. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready. You might need to write this one down. Men and women are different. They are very different. They're very different. Very, very different. Uh, It starts at the chromosomal level. There's XX and XY. Not going to get any more detail on that, but... uh, Do I believe in equal rights? Well, of course I do, because it's biblical. It's in the scriptures. But what we have done as a society is we have managed to confuse equal rights with exchangeable roles and uh, and even now exchangeable sexual identity. We are different. Men and women are not just physically different. But they are emotionally different. They are psychologically different. There are a lot of differences that are there. The differences run deep. Yet, our culture is telling us now, and I'm going to tell you the opposite, but the culture is telling you, ignore the differences. But what happens when you ignore the differences is you get these predictably uh, poor consequences as a result, and things tend to spin out of control. And what's happening now in our culture is there's confusion. There's confusion, uh, there's confusion in the schools. There's confusion with marriage relationships of, well, what's my role supposed to be? I don't know how this works anymore since we're all actually the same. Well, we're not. So, but the challenge is this. The challenge is this challenge right here. And I'm going to put this on the screens for you. Most people do not know God's point of view on men and women. They really don't. Now, I'm not saying that to demean anyone, but most people don't really know God's point of view. So this, this series is about helping you to see God's point of view on men and women. God is the expert on men and women. Remember, God formed. He designed. He put a lot of thought into us. So if I have a problem with my car, and I happen to own a Ford Fusion, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it back to the place I bought it from, or possibly pull out the owner's manual. And I've got that little owner's manual. That owner's manual, it was, that owner's manual was written by the people who designed my Ford. So I will pull that out, and I pull it out quite often. I look through it like, aha, how can I be so foolish? How can I be so dumb? That's how it works. And, and sometimes it's a duh thing, and other times it's, it's, it has a lot of revelation. One time I bought a car. One time I bought a Ford. I bought a Ford, and this was, a, this was about almost 20 years ago. Yeah, right at 20 years ago, I bought a Ford. And, and I bought it, and, and, I, and the, I said, so the guy says, now, normally we, we show you guys how to use everything on the cars, but these cars are brand new, and we don't know, really know anything about them. We've never seen anything like this come through Ford before, so just a look in your owner's manual. Good luck. Goodbye. That's what they literally said to me. So I literally went home and read my, my owner's manual on my Ford Thunderbird, and it was, it was interesting because it wasn't like any other Ford I'd driven before. But that's, what that, that's important. You need to read the book that was written by the one who formed the vehicle or the book or that was written by the one who formed you. 
So when it comes to fixing me, and I'm designed and I'm formed as a man, and because masculinity is foundational to my design, I'm not going to go to Netflix or whatever. I'm going to consult God, and I'm going to consult the manual that he gave me, and that is the Bible. Now, here's, here's how all this works. Men and women, again, we're different. And until men understand this, that their wives have an internal need to help, and trust me, men, you need some help, all right? And until wives begin to understand that their husbands have this built-in control detector, marriages are going to suffer a lot. That's kind of just the way it is. Now, let me show you how this works. So left to themselves, men will begin to act out with some immaturity. They're kind of off to themselves. And this begins what I call the male cycle of independence. And this conflicts with the woman's urge to help him out because, again, he needs some help. And then the man begins to act out in his own immaturity, and he does something that his conscience is telling him. This is borderline at the very, very least. And, and, but, but then the wife, who knows the husband better than he knows himself, right, ladies, she senses, ah, something is off course a little bit. We may, may need to have a little bit of a mid-course correction because she wants to help him out. He needs some help. And so she communicates this fax, and, but she communicates it quite often not with words. And, and, and uh, the problem is, is that men only understand clear words sometimes. So you see how this begins to perpetuate itself. And then as this correction is coming, he can't really figure it out, and, but he knows he's being chastised for something. And then he becomes resentful, and he becomes angry. And then he begins to dig his heels in the ground, and he expresses his displeasure. And, and he uses his words. He uses abrasive actions, or he just totally ignores her, or he goes and says, I'm the boss, or at least tells himself, I'm the boss. Well, now she feels devalued. The emotions begin to escalate, and the man, um, he sees the woman's actions as harassment and as negativity and as nagging, and the man now feels, I am being mistreated. But the woman the whole time is just trying to help the dude out the best way she knows how, and it just keeps going like that. Now, Rebecca and I have never dealt with this, have we, <laughs> this week, because it's Sunday. You see... This is the stuff that happens all the time. It's a perfect example of how men and women are different. God made us different, and it's beautiful. So during these four messages, I'm going to share four critical qualities of godly masculinity. And men, all four qualities, not one or two or three, but all four qualities need to be developed. And just want to encourage you again, you can do it. So my primary principle today, what this message is about, now that I'm finished kind of introducing the series and everything, is a woman wants to be with a mature man. I think that's the best way to put it. A woman wants to be with a mature man. And the people who are allowed to say amen can say amen. amen. Maturity is the first and most important trait of godly masculinity. Men, this is good news. This is easily attainable. You can do this. Guys, I'm just going to tell you like a man, because I am one. <laughs> it's time to stop being mama's boys. Some of y'all need to grow up. Your wife 
of the future or your current wife is not your mama. I loved it. It was about two months into marriage when Rebecca says, I'm not your mother. And I went, oh, you're not? I realized that. And I, I was like, okay, that's, that's a good thing to write down there. It's important. I mean, that's actually how maturity works. One of God's basic principles has to do with maturity and what maturity is and what maturity is not. And I want to be clear on this. Growing older, growing older is not the same thing as growing up. A, uh, being a, a physically mature male and having the ability to procreate, that has to do with nature, all right? But being a mature man is a choice. That has to do with your will. And physically, a lot of, I'm saying a lot of physically mature men, they're acting like teenagers. And I also know some teenagers that act like mature men. So get this, maturity does not come about with age. It begins with the acceptance of responsibility. I'll say that again. The acceptance of responsibility. A 60-year-old man who refuses to accept responsibility is less mature than a 17-year-old who does. People who hold themselves accountable, they tend to grow up, and they grow up in a hurry. They expect more from themselves, and they, they make fewer mistakes. They get things done, and, and they become an example. These men if you're one of those men, then you're one of the grown-ups that are in the room. You're not one of the people who deflect responsibility. So men, be mature. Your actions are your actions. I'll say it again. That's good. I should have had that one up on the screen. Your actions are your actions. Own them. Uh, stop blaming society for your actions, okay? Stop blaming the culture for your actions. And God, help us stop blaming the president for your actions, please. Stop blaming your boss for your actions. Stop blaming your friends. Stop blaming the church. Stop blaming your family or your wife or your girlfriend. And just please stop blaming me for your actions. All right, that will help a lot of things right there. This is a part of growing up. The only person who needs to, the only person uh, that, that you really need to be looking to right now is the person in the mirror and say, I am responsible for my own actions. That's, that's critical. So the best way to put this, which I think will help get it into our heads better, you just, guys, you need to, you need to refuse to be a perpetual teenager. Just, just stop. Now, I liked being a teenager. I liked driving my car fast and trying to drive it faster. I like doing the, all the things that teenagers did. I, I did, but I did a lot of foolish things. And I'll just tell you this much. I do not want to go back to being a teenager again. And I certainly don't want to stay there. Being a perpetual teenager is costly. It is difficult. And it, it brings about this horrible, unsatisfying uh, feeling in the heart of a man. It's a terrible way to live, man. See, basically what teenagers do, teenagers... They blame. They do not accept responsibility for what they are doing or for what they are not doing. See, a teenager can be told to do one thing, and but the immaturity in their heart prevents them from doing that thing, so they do the opposite. And a lot of times, they don't even realize that they're doing that. That's like, why? It's because they're teenagers. They're immature. 
But if you're going to bust out of uh, that, that teenager mindset, if you're going to bust out of that immaturity, you have to make changes. You have to make some changes in your life. What happens when a person becomes mature? Well, he changes the way he speaks. He changes the way he thinks. He changes the way he behaves. When men get stuck in this teenager state of mind, they tend to act impulsively. They tend to shirk responsibility. Men tend to cut corners, and they tend to push the limits, and they're hoping not to get caught the whole time, but eventually they do get caught. And and even then, like immature men, they still don't want to accept responsibility or learn a lesson. Instead, what they do is they complain loudly about the unfairness of everybody else around them, and they blame other people. Now, it seems fun to behave immaturely. But guys, men, life is not a perpetual party. It's not. Mature men do not live for the next party. It it makes sense then that a wise woman, ladies, will look for maturity first. That's why this message is first. You're going to look for maturity first in a man or at least the willingness to be mature and to change the way he thinks. So, men, here it is. Think like an adult. Life isn't about fun, fast, and easy. Change actually starts in your mind. Men, you can think, you, you, can, you can reason this through. The way you think determines the way you feel. The way you feel influences how you act and what you actually do. Thoughts precede actions you hear that but and mature adults they know this teenagers don't they just react there's a great scripture on this i had you turn to this in your bibles romans chapter 12 take a look at this romans chapter 12 verse uh, 2 important on how the thinking process works paul says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind change the way you think. It is scriptural to change your thought patterns. This is the foundation of maturity. See, immature uh, tendencies, they include a lot of things. And I've jotted several down here in my notes. Self-centeredness, vanity, lust, greed, jealousy, envy, strife, violence, hate, wrath, resentment, rebellion, pushing back against authority. Those are symptoms of, or those are the tendencies of immaturity. So, be willing to change because, <laughs> I, I, yeah, th- th- this is true. Stubborn men are rebellious men. They just are. Uh, they are ignorant men, and I don't want you to be that way. No man wants to be ignorant, but a lot of men are really, really stubborn. So we kind of got to go back to the stubbornness part. Maybe we shouldn't be quite so stubborn. See, stubborn people tend to deny personal responsibility instead of acknowledging the truth and searching for solutions or getting advice from other people who, are, who have more experience or, or other men who can point them in the right direction. Uh, they, you know, that's, that they, they tend to react and go the opposite way. A stubborn person, they're going to kind of like push down and refute everything that's around them and then they just keep shifting the blame all the time. We call this passing the buck. So to embrace a higher level of maturity, you need to define and you need to know and you need to live out your values. So your values are going to help you to get there. 
Your values are going to help you to get there. If you do not have a list of some of, the, of, the, of your values, men, I encourage you to start doing that now. At some point during this series, I'm going to share some of you with you some of my values and the things that I've structured around my life that I look at regularly and I have for years. I continue to come back to it because it can be an anchor for me. So your values are the things that are most important in your life. They're, they're the things that you stand for. They're the things that you are willing to pay a price for. Uh, but if your values are just dreamed up and they're not from God, I mean, no amount of wishful thinking is going to spare you from consequences that you'll face from having the wrong values. Therefore, maturity involves seeking out God's values and integrating God's values into your own life and adopting them as your own values. And these values and these principles are from God. They're, they're not some kind of deep, mysterious secrets. And like, oh, I've got I've to read through the Bible 19 times to maybe figure out some of these. Actually, you don't. That'd be great to read through the Bible, but, but, but no. And, and the, these great, these mysterious value, values, they're not just only revealed to the pastors. You have to sit and wait for me to tell you. No, these are principles and values that are from God that for most of you, they have been instilled in your life since you were a child. They were. And these are the same maturity concepts we see all through the Bible. Here are a few that I came up with, and these, these are Bible principles that are very familiar to us in our culture, and they've developed into popular sayings like, you reap what you sow. Bible concept. It's a value. Two wrongs don't make a right. Actions speak louder than words. There's no time like the present. Honesty is the best policy. Okay, you see, all of those things, you already have them memorized. But they originated with God, your designer, and you were taught them even as children. They're from the Bible. You've already got them in your head, so that's great news. You're already off to a really good start. Now, Jesus, when he started his ministry, he selected 12 men. These 12 men were between the ages of 14 and 24 might say, ah, oh, the 14-year-old was just a kid. Please understand, in that Middle Eastern culture, when a boy turned 12, the father would have a ceremony, and that boy would be ushered into manhood. And so he, became, he, he, be, he began to understand and function as a man, and which I think is something that's greatly missing in our own culture because we have this thing that we call adolescence, which is only a term that's used in, uh, in Western culture. It's nowhere else in the world, never has been. It was originated just a... a Oh, about 100 years ago, but it's this thing of like, well, there's this kind of in-between spot. You're not a kid, you're not an adult, and so you won't be an adult for a long, long time. Now people aren't becoming adults until they're 30 years old, and that's ridiculous. Uh, I took each one of my boys away when they were 12 years old. I took them to the Grand Canyon, and we went on a nice long hike, and we talked about manhood. We talked about what it meant to be a man, and I said, from now on, you're going to be a man. I'm going to pray blessing over you. I'm going to speak blessing over you. You are a man. Now you're going to go home and start acting like it. You're going to date your mother. You're going to treat her with dignity and respect, and, and it's like, but, but I can't do all the things. I can't drive a car. That has nothing to do with driving a car. It has to do with you're going to you're gonna start adopting these man principles. It works. If you ever want some insight on that. I'd be glad to sit down and talk with you about the things that I've done. So what Jesus did is he found these 12 men, again, approximately 14 to 22, 23, 24. That was their age. So when you see pictures of the disciples and they have these long beards and they look like they're 70-year-old men following Jesus around, that's a joke. That's some bad art that some, some people have tapped into. Some bad movies that people have made have these old guys, you know, that are my age that are walking around following Jesus. Now, these, these were young men. And what he did is he poured his life into them. And so the first thing that he had done, as soon as he had appointed his 12 disciples, he took them on a hike. He took them on a hike. 
He took them on a hike up a mountain and to get away from everybody else. The Bible talks all about this. This is all found in Matthew chapter number 5. But, but he took them on a hike and he taught these young men how they were to express themselves as men which is different from the culture. It's found in, in fact, Matthew chapter 5 describes godly masculinity. It does. In fact, this came up in my discipleship group uh, recently. We're looking through the Beatitudes like, well, these are not anything about, about any feminine characteristics. These are manly characteristics. If, if a man will be masculine enough and mature enough to begin to do these things, do the things that are here in Matthew 5, you're going to find yourself operating in godly masculinity. You want to be a tough guy? Do this stuff. Do this. I, in fact, this was Jesus' first lecture to men. It was. He was training these men to change the world. And when you read Matthew chapter 5, you're going to see that it flies in the face of what masculinity looks like in our own culture. So I'm going to assign you guys some homework. Read Matthew chapter 5 and ask God to show you in your own life how you can integrate these, these concepts, these truths about maturity into your own life. And again, it's not about a man being tame or soft. It's about a man being mature. So this week I was reading the book of Genesis and, and, uh, and I, I noticed something with this sermon kind of in my mind and in my heart. I noticed that, that Adam's very first son was a very, very immature man. He thrived on his own immaturity. And I saw that as I was reading through it. And, and, uh, and you, you can read about this in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. You can read that on your own. I'm not going to read through it all together. But let's tell you the basis of what happened and a little bit of what I saw in the Scriptures. Adam had these two sons, Cain and Abel. They're the first of several sons. But Cain allowed his immaturity to control him. And it actually ruined his life. It really destroyed his life. He was jealous of his brother Abel. And... He, this, he didn't like his little brother. He just thought, like, who is this punk and stuff he's doing? In, in here, I want to read a little passage of the Scripture. It says, and I saw this for the first time. like, so Cain was very angry. And his, he showed it on his face. It says his face was downcast. It actually got the attention of God. It says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? And then God said this. This is good. If you do what is right will you not be accepted? Men, listen to this. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Sin desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Men, you have the ability to rule. You want to rule? Start ruling over the sin. Start ruling over yourself. You can rule over sin by not letting it in. Well, he didn't. He could not rule over his immature thoughts. He couldn't rule over his anger and his expression on his face and how he was moping and grouching. So his thoughts, because he didn't listen to God about ruling over himself, his thoughts then led to an immature action. He called his brother out to a field and he killed his mother. He killed his brother. And, and uh, the culture would say, aha, that's toxic masculinity. No, it's not. That's called sin. It's immaturity. When a person didn't rule over himself, he committed sin. That's what I'm asking you guys to begin to avoid. 
you can rule over yourself. What did James chapter 1 verse 22 say again? It says, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves, do what it says. It's not enough to know what's right or talk about what's right. It's important that you do what's right. Guys, that is maturity. So I'm going to ask you to make an honest assessment of the way that you've been living. And, and if change is needed, then begin to make some changes in the way God tells you to make those changes. Read Matthew chapter 5. But the easiest thing to remember is this. If you take anything out of this, get this line right here. Throw off teenage thinking. Get rid of it. It's time to think different. It's time to act mature. It's time to eliminate your emotional reactions that are holding you back, men. In other words, you are needing to grow. We all need to grow and develop in every area of our life, and there's no excuses for this. And we go back to the Word of God to get our source of that. That's why I read the Bible every day. Very seldom do I ever miss a day where I'm actually not in the Bible. Why? It's because I want to keep growing. My level of Tim Woody yesterday is not good enough for today. I want to keep growing in maturity. And I want to throw off, and guys, I challenge you, throw off and jettison all teenage thinking patterns and emotional reactions. And, and just, just start doing it today. Look what the scripture says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Look at this. Let us throw off everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run. Teenage thinking will always hinder you. Men, you can be mature and you can be the mature man that God has designed you to be. Godly masculinity is within your reach. I'd like every man to do this right for me right now. I want every man in the room to please stand. Every man in the room, just stand all across this room. If you're a man, stand. I want to pray for you. That's all I want to do. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Receive this prayer, guys. God, I pray for the men in this room to have a tenacity for maturity. A tenacity for maturity. God, I pray that you will give the men in this room a willingness to change. I pray that you will give this, the men in this room a desire to rule. To rule over their own lives to not allow any type of immature thinking, thought processes to take them over, which will lead them into horrible consequences and sin that could be devastating to their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you will give them a passion to discover and to live out the values of God's kingdom, your kingdom that come from the Word of God. And God, I also pray for women in this room. I pray that every woman will discern the quality of maturity in men. They will begin to discern this quality and they will look for it and they will see it and they will understand how critically important it is for men. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Will you all stand with me? I want everybody to stand with me. It's, it's kind of cool because at the beginning of our service today, Adrian led us in a song called Anything is Possible. <laughs> I think that's a good one for us men to hear right now. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Time to step up into that maturity. First of all, I want to ask, how many of you women in the room, you
you got something out of today's message. You got something out of this. All right, good, good. Remember, you, let me do the preaching. Let God do the conviction, all right? It just, it, trust me, it works best that way, all right? That, that little cycle that I talked to you about earlier, yeah, you know it's true. You know it's true. Men, how many of you can say, you know what? I took something out of here today that I can chew on. Would you just lift your hand for me? Good, good. Me too. Wrote the sermon and I got some. Oh, yeah, I can go chew on that too as I was preaching. Yes, let's pursue this together because, guys, men, ladies, anything is possible. First of all, I want to, before we sing this song, I want to pray one last prayer before we sing the song and dismiss. But I want to pray, I want to pray for men and women in marriages, and I want to pray for men and women who are seeking out relationships right now. Can I pray that prayer right now? So, God, Lord, I, I pray for men and women who are in marriage relationships. I pray that you will bring healing, that you'll bring wholeness, and that it will start with the men taking action and to rule over themselves. I pray that in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you will give, give, give men the clarity of mind and the desire to break out of anything that's holding them back. And I pray for a peace and a harmony in the home, the beauty of harmony. God, I pray for, 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 uh, for young men who are working, or even older men who are looking for uh, a spouse or a, or a girlfriend, some type of a partner. God, I pray that you will you'll lead them with wisdom in doing so, that they won't do so with the mindset of immaturity. And I pray also for, for women, and I pray for, for their relationships that are happening now as well as the future, that they will continue to seek out these principles. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.